Hello, it seems you've just pressed play on the latest episode of For Your Reconsideration. Smart move! Grab yourself a little refreshment, kick back, lock the kids in the cupboard, and let's enjoy a little movie discussion. I'm Rob, and here are Simon and James. How are you, boys? Harrowing insight into discipline in the Parker house. (laughs) (laughs) I was totally with you until you locked the kids in the cupboard. (laughs) I was doing a little checklist, like, what would suggest relaxation? No children! No children. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, with tonight's movie, we definitely can't have any children present. No, no. Uh, Are you boys well? Good, man, good. As well as you can be in 2021. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you, boys. I hear you, boys. Um, what have you uh, been watching this week? Uh, well, I took in two quite contrasting films this week that I'd like to shout out. The first of which is Stan and Ollie from 2019, oh. which is just a lovely film. I think you might have seen this one, Simon. Great, yeah. And it's about um, Laurel and Hardy in, their, in the twilight of their career doing a, a theatre tour around the UK. And it's just lovely. It's really brilliantly directed by John S. Baird. The film is a tender and melancholy portrayal of the iconic duo's last days in the limelight, featuring a pair of perfectly pitched performances from Steve Coogan and John C. Riley. Oh, I just really loved it. It was it was ace, isn't it? It was a very uplifting little movie. And in some additional homework for this particular episode, I watched First Blood. Oh, which is a good precursor to tonight's movie, considering that it's a stripped-down, lean, survivalist 90-minute thriller that has more on its mind than just bullets and octane, the complete antithesis of what the franchise would become. So, yes, I did a little bit of Rambo homework. Nice. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. Interestingly enough, I, for Christmas, I got um, David, David Morrell's book, um, First Blood, which it was based on. So uh, I haven't read it yet, but it's uh, it's next door waiting for me to peruse. Should have done that, really, considering tonight's movie. Should have yeah. read it. <laughs> little tidbit on David Morrill. You know, he he wrote First Blood, but he didn't mm. write any sequel novels. He did the novelizations of Rambo uh, First Blood Part 2 and Rambo oh, 3. He? Yeah, like drafted in to do the novelization. That's so weird. <laughs> that must be the only time that's ever happened. The original author comes in that's and does so the novelization of the two sequel movies. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to pay their paper, I would definitely do it. <laughs> no question. You did what in the movie? Great. <laughs> Great. Let me flower that up a bit. <laughs> cool. Uh, what about you, uh, Si? What have you been enjoying? Oh, I, I've, had a, I've had a right mixed bag uh, this week where I watched um, Elizabeth Banks' 2019 Charlie's Angels film. Otherwise known as Wigs of the Movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Every scene they've got different sets of wigs on. It's just ridiculous. Was it any good? It's good fun. I saw a lot of criticism leveled at it because of its um, sort of misfire in terms of its pro-feminism message, saying that this is not how you do feminism. I can't comment because I'm not a woman, so I don't know. But I thought it was fun. I thought Kristen Shoot was great in it. All the cast just seemed like they're having a great time. Nice. And Patrick Stewart was in it, which I didn't. I didn't know he was in it, so he was. Oh, uh, cool! I I um I remember a BuzzFeed um thing. You know the, the picture of it. I think it was BuzzFeed. I might be um uh, putting BuzzFeed in trouble here, but th- they don't care. They don't know who we are. <laughs> but it was something like that. An article placed like two like a week apart, and it was Charlie's Angels. You know, um, at last a film that's not for you, men, or something like that. And then a week later, like. <laughs> You know, Charlie's Angels. Why aren't men going to watch Charlie's Angels? <laughs> like, you actively told them not to last week. 
what is it? Which is it? I don't understand. Um, it, yeah, it, it's good fun. If you if you just want a really no brainer, sit down later on a Friday. It, it's all right. But other films, uh, in what seems like a, a bi weekly feature of me plucking up the courage to finally watch an acclaimed horror movie from the past 20, 30, 40 years. I caught Jennifer Kent's uh, The Babadook, which completely bowled me over. Um, Obviously hadn't seen it. When did it come? It was like 2012? Yeah, yeah. It's getting on for 10 years now, isn't it? I can't remember the exact year, but um, yeah, obviously didn't see it because it looked absolutely (laughs) pant-shittingly scary. (laughs) Uh, One for the cover. But it's, it's great, and it's just a, a devastatingly raw and arresting film, both visually and, I'm going to never use this word in conversation, but I'll, I'll premiere it here, and sonically as well. Oh, nice! Um, because premiere! Premiere! <laughs> just uh, readjust your beret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing I noticed about it was the sound design was just incredible, like really, really good. You know, as as important as music usually is in films, it just really stood out. It, it was brilliant, and then two like lead performances. Oh, yeah, that just really put you through the ringer. <sighs> Fucking hell, that kid. Yeah, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, it's just great. It's it's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, uh, I, I when I went to log it on Letterboxd, I was a bit miffed to see a lot of like two-star, three-star reviews, like, this isn't as good as everyone said it was. Um, it's really boring. Yeah, sonically, it wasn't <laughs> as great as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's brilliant. It's like Exorcist levels of good. I think it's it's really bloody good film. Yeah, it's something. I think um, that, that like, um, the boogeyman design in that is so good as well. You know, mm. the freakish... Page two, and I don't mean script page. I mean the pages in the movie in the itself. Book. Yeah, oh, in yeah. The, the the page to life. <sighs> yeah, transition um, is unreal in that movie. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, <laughs> disgusting stuff, um, I took your recommendations and watched Color Out of Space with one <gasps> oh. Mr. Nicholas Cage. Um, Good job! <laughs> I've already sat down because I can't wait to hear this. Wow, we were. The, I mean. It's a beautiful movie. It's a great movie. Um, yeah. But boy, is it messed up. And, um, goodness <laughs> me, does Cage bring his A-game. He's so good in it. Uh, he, oh, he's so watchable in everything. Again, you could let that man do anything and it will be box office. Um, but in this, like, the mad accents he's doing... It's a tour de force, really, isn't it? it is, you know, great, it really it? is. It's just, it's a, it's a roller coaster of a role. No wonder he wanted to do it. All the cast were great. Really loved that. Um, the geologist dude in it. Well, yeah, no, no <laughs> Very spoilers. Crisp, really yeah. love that guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, but a great recommendation. Probably one of the only times on the podcast, or maybe the second time, where I've gone straight into uh, following your recommendation. Like immediately after you've told me on the pod, I've gone out and watched it. Yeah, we thought um, you might like that one, Rob. Yes. Oh man, when you said cage and creatures and messed up stuff, I was like, right, there you go. <laughs> um, the other thing I watched um, uh, for the first time. Um, in since I had my second and third child, I think I actually binged something this week. What helped with the binging was the fact that it was only three episodes to binge. <laughs> um, but it was Don't uh, F with Cats. Oh, yeah, I saw, I think I've seen that. It's the guy on the internet who started doing weird shit with cats, and yeah. everyone went animal lovers went mad and hunted him down and stuff. And then the, the story blossomed and 
went all sorts of different directions from there. I found it absolutely compulsive, uh, insanely compulsive. Yeah. Have you seen it, James? I haven't Yeah, It's been on my watch list forever. I just haven't got round to it. I'd recommend. Um, so so much so that like I said to Mrs. Parker, like, please, you know, you got to check this out. Because she likes that. You know, like the true crime stuff. True crime really stuff, likes. yeah. Yeah, and um, she binged it the next night. So, you know, it's it, it was ace. I'd highly recommend it, but boy, is that messed up. <laughs> there's some messed up scenes and scenarios yeah. in that in that little series what did you make of it overall Sorry, it was very intriguing there was it was like a bunch of vigilantes wasn't it trying to mm. just catch this this horrible horrible dude um for doing unspeakable things on was it i don't was it live webcams or was it on like a no it's just a uh, channel it just, or something like that he, i don't know what it was but he just it, it was filmed and then uploaded and then yeah, just randomly he tagged to people YouTube. in. Yeah. Oh, it was just randomly to YouTube, wasn't it? And then, yeah. and then he went after people's Facebook accounts and stuff. It was very interesting where it went and like Oh yeah. Unexpected. As you, as you say, compulsive, because they at the end of each episode was like a cliffhanger to the next one. Mm. Like and then this happened. Oh fuck, I'm gonna have to watch this now because it's <laughs> <laughs> I honestly I remember one night, you know, like I'm trying to behave like post Christmas and all that, like the booze and the the you know food and stuff. That night it was like you know when the cliffhangers were hitting, it was like boom straight back. To, right, I've got to get me some fridge and chips. Fridge and chips, beer and chips here. Beer and chips, fridge and chips. Carries it in. <laughs> Look, but like one episode, the middle one, I think it was. The twists were so massive that like I, I remember stepping out like four times in a fifty-minute episode. Like, go give me some more beer and chips, more fridge and chips. Gotta get some. <laughs> I can imagine you watching this in the on the in the dark on your own because you're quite an expressive guy, aren't you, Robert? Just like oh, I'm an oh, idiot, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> arms going Honestly, everywhere. <laughs> This family, like, if they, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, oh, you know, I do love a good reaction. You know, like, um, Joaquin Phoenix in Signs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners won't be able to see that. Oh. <laughs> Pulling back from a bit, uh, from a TV thing. Um, there were two very other slight things I wanted to bring up, if that's okay with you. I was cleaning out my um, uh, garage this week. Um, and I found this. Uh, what listeners, what you won't see, it's an ET ET pencil topper. Why do I have this? Uh, absolutely terrified. But I found that. Um, and look at what the children did with it. The pencil underneath, right? It's been safely in the garage since I was uh, sixteen. It came home within a day. <laughs> Straight away, <laughs> Straight away snapped it. So they just sat on my desk now. I don't know why I'm keeping that. I don't know why. The other one is. Um, I uh, was very fortunate um, on the uh, another of the podcasts under the Pod Dojo umbrella, uh, the Really 007 podcast, I actually managed to coke, coke, coax a star from a James Bond f- film onto uh, the podcast. And I was... Um, it wasn't Daniel in- Craig, was it? You didn't- <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. Rob would have been super <laughs> nice to him in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're the best since Connery, Daniel. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. Daniel Craig, amazing actor. Um, just as we know, <laughs> tastes are different. Uh, but anyway, so the, the actor in question was Anthony Stark, who played the character of Truman Lodge in um, uh, in Licence to Kill, um, for my money, the best James Bond film. And um, I obviously, you know, there's other things I'm interested in, not just James Bond, as we all know. So what was the first question I asked him? It was Van Damme related, for sure. 100%. 
<laughs> um, it was either that or Bigfoot. It was one of the. <laughs> yeah. What do you? What's your take on Bigfoot, Anthony? <laughs> what do you, what's your take on Bigfoot pictures? <laughs> yeah, who would win the Bigfoot from the Sam Wright? The Sam Wright. <laughs> Bigfoot uh, showdown. Bigfoot, yeah, Bigfoot showdown. Can we have a take? Uh, no, it was um, Anthony Stark had a scene stealing uh, role in 1993's Van Damme movie Nowhere to Run. And the first, you know, as soon as I was introduced, like you, you know, you've been on screen with with Van Damme. Tell me how it was. Uh, <laughs> did you ask him what he actual... smelt like? I bet he smelt amazing. I did want to say, like, you know, was he? Did he smell like sandalwood and vanilla? <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, he said that um, it was fun. He said JCVD is a fun guy to be around. <laughs> um, he also said that when JCVD said to him, "Hey Tony, you're a great actor." He he didn't really know how to take it coming from him, <laughs> <laughs> which only makes me love everything more. Rob, as it's like show, as you did a bit of show and tell, can I also do a bit of show and tell? Um, oh, you must. I get do, yeah. Also, pretty pretty useless for a audio based um, <laughs> program. Um, <laughs> But I discovered that we actually have a merch store. And <laughs> oh, bought, yeah, we do. And bought uh, a lovely tote bag with our faces on it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's and, made my year already. There's gonna something big's gonna have to happen the rest of the 2021 to, to top <laughs> being able to buy a tote bag with my own cartoon face on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can't. I, I when you when you you know you said for a while about the merch store that we discussed. Um, all I want is a tote bag from it. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as it's up and running, bosh, here we have a tote bag with our faces on it. It's a really well-made tote bag. The print is great. I'm very impressed by it. Check it out. <laughs> and where can where can the listeners get a tote bag of our cartoon faces? Or even a gorilla having a martini on a T-shirt? <laughs> you can, yeah. That, that's from the FYR Heritage range. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the more highbrow uh, it is the classier one I think you can actually get a golf polo with the, <laughs> with the Amy the Gorilla rainbow drink <laughs> I think I might have actually named the design rainbow drink <laughs> uh, but yes um, yeah you go on the Poddojo website poddojo.com and there is a merch store right there click it Just go through superb. All our other sister podcasts have their own stuff, but buy ours. Just, buy just ours buy instead, ours yeah. It is yeah, the best. Sorry to, <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, to, uh, sorry to interrupt there, Rob. But, uh, I, oh, mate. I, it was I was so excited when it came we, in the post. We never plug that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. In fact, the only time a T-shirt's ever been mentioned on this is when someone won it um, and then said they didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to set the record straight a little bit. That was so funny. It <laughs> really was. Oh, you, you won it. I just got a DM and it was like, I don't actually want it. I was just being nice by retweeting. You've been like, oh, well, okay. Mate, you, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, incidentally, that was on my uh, Facebook timeline thing as being a year ago this week. Yep. So, <laughs> full circle. <laughs> Lovely. Hello, crime fans. I'm Sean Coleman. I'm Chris McDonald. And I'm Rob Parker. We are crime authors. Well... I'm a publisher too. And I'm a giggling buffoon. <laughs> we are the Blood Brothers and this is our podcast. Every week we speak to the best and brightest in the world of crime fiction. And embarrass ourselves hugely. No, that's just you. Yeah, definitely just you. Great. Coming to you from the Pod Dojo Network. And sponsored by Red Dog Press. 
We've got new episodes heading your way all the time. With giveaways and games. Interviews and insight. And laughter. Lots of laughter. Check us out now. On all your favourite streaming services. And give us five stars so we can't be our own one-star superstar. The Blood Brothers Podcast, your one-stop shop for the best crime chit-chat. So yes, tonight's movie features a little bit of bloodshed. Little bit, <laughs> in inverted commas. Um, I uh, got me thinking about, you know, um, violence and its place in cinema. And I wanted to ask you what you consider to be the single most violent moments in films you've seen. Oh, well, this tonight's film's predecessor, uh, Rambo 2008, also known as Bedlam in Burma, um, <laughs> is pretty full on towards the end when um, when John Rambo gets on top of a high caliber <laughs> machine gun and just starts mowing down wave after wave of of soldiers and there's decapitations and people being cut in half and delimbed. Yeah, that was quite full on. Uh, but the one that immediately sprung to mind, have you guys seen Casino? Mm. Uh, yes. Yes. Which is um, uh, is often maligned as being Goodfellas too, but I think it's a good film in its own right. Yeah, it is a good but film. But it's also an incredibly violent film. Oh, it is. And I was automatically taken to uh, this uh, Joe Pesci and his brother Dominic's death, which is one of the most horrendous things I've ever oh, seen. It really is. It's, it's bad, that. I mean, bear in mind that Joe Pesci is an absolute shit in this movie, right? <laughs> he stabs someone in the jugular with a fountain pen. He pops some guy's head uh, eye out of his head in a vice in a at vice. one point. Oh, that is horrible, that bit. He's definitely got it coming, but even this, I'm like, lads, this is a bit too much. So these old, like, a load of extras from The Sopranos basically take them into these cornfields, don't they? And start Mm. laying into them with these baseball bats. And what always, they make Joe Pesci watch as they beat his brother to death with these baseball bats. Well, not quite to death, almost to death. Mm. And they're like, these old guys have been battering him for so long, they're like out of puff. Like, like it's, it's just horrendous. And then uh, they turn yeah. the bats on on Joe Pesci's character, and then put them in a grave, still breathing, and start shoveling dirt on them. It's one of the most horrendous things I've ever seen. <laughs> I think that's a great shout, man. That, yes. I think you throw in the family bit is particularly bad. Yeah. You know, like the fact that he's watching his brother, and you don't often see Pesci do grief, do you? No. Um, but it, And he does it there, and that's oh, it's pretty gross. When when they roll up into that cornfield and the grave is already dug. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, this is going to be bad. Yeah, and it really is bad. I mean, Scorsese has made a lot of violent movies, but that's the one that really sticks out in terms of the violence yeah. just being so horrendous and bone-chillingly visceral. Yeah. Good. good so, one. yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's often haunted me. To be honest, that's a good shout, man. That, that good you know, one. like we're all stunned into silence. Just thinking even though, even so, though yeah, we, no, I really am reprehensible <laughs> yeah. piece, reprehensible piece of shit. But even I was like, Whoa, it's a bit strong. <laughs> this. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. What about you then, Sai? Um, well, two sort of leapt out immediately, which is generally how I sort of answer these questions. Um, the first one was from um, Old Boy, mm. both the original and the remake. Actually, there's a, a sort of scene in both where the main character sort of gets a hammer and then just mm-hmm. wades through mm. a corridor of dudes just b- blitzing everyone with this hammer. Um, 
But it's a really well executed shot. Though. It's all just on one long take on a tra- on a on a track. Yeah, and it's just really, yeah, really, really well made scene. And I think the first time I'd seen something in a film where someone had used a hammer other than for putting up shelves, and I was just <laughs> a bit like, oh god. Um, but there's another one. Have you seen Gaspar Noé's Irreversible? Oh, oh don't, yeah. don't. The, um, uh, the fire extinguisher. The fire extinguisher bit in that <gasps> is more, like proper, proper grim and gross. And because it's like, because there's so much anger in it as well. Um, yeah. And uh. you're just like, oh God, it's uh, that's really, really horrible. And that's, that's one for me that whenever this sort of question gets sort of asked and banded about, that's the immediately the scene what comes up in my head as being like the most violent movie moment for me yeah and then there's oh. even more horrendous moments in that in that film as well oh yeah um yeah it's uh it takes me right back to sixth form extreme cinema course that's it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perfectly honest uh yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i think um what what you get from this though this question is um that the picks there are about the circumstances surrounding, you know, uh, surrounding the moments in the yeah. films as much as anything else. You've got the family there in in, in the casino example um, and the setup and the things you mentioned, like the, um, the old geezers being out of breath and stuff. And irreversible, it's more that, like, the unexpected realism of it. Like, mm-hmm. life can just go from naught to incredibly violent in seconds, and that's what, takes your breath away. So I think that's what these films and these examples you cite are what tonight's film does not have. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. it's <laughs> kind of because it's really cartoonish, isn't it? You know, yeah. when you think about it. So um it's almost like there's two different categories of violence, isn't it? There's just like slapstick violence, which tonight's movie really does you know, and we will obviously in glor- you know, glorify and have a great time discussing the the ridiculous levels of violence in tonight's film. But also, it's when it's done in a movie to really shock. That's yeah. something totally different. And in that sense, I found um, a couple of bits are uh, stabbing the young couple at Lake Berryessa in Zodiac. Oh, okay, um, yeah, that's horrendous. That's really, really awful. Um, <clears throat> and it's just there's no music and just the. Knife noises. Um, bottling the farmer in Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah that's a the farmer. Yeah, it's like that reminds me of um, Irreversible. Um, yeah, which now I want to call Extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, when I was thinking it in my head, that's what came in. Um, and um, another one, you know, this won't be the one from that movie that most people say, but it's when they. Um, Batter private pile with soap bars in full full metal jacket. Yeah, that is just awful, and it's the futility of that one. You know, like the the fact that he can't escape the the horror of it, and then Matthew Modine putting his hands over his ears. It's just, ah, oh, it's absolutely terrible. I also think that if you were to change the sound effects and soundtrack, and a little bit of the ev- editing, the um, the brick throwing scene from Home Alone <laughs> Two would be one of the most violent things of all time. <laughs> Well, there's so many bits in Home Alone too. Yeah, there is, there is. I mean, <laughs> but that, I mean, the the brick. You know, if it had like uh, the score from the start of Saving Private Ryan <laughs> and some impact sounds on poor, you know, get rid of Daniel Stern going. Harry. Yeah, we re-edit that. Yeah. <laughs> um, super stuff I suppose it's time to get on to tonight's film um, and I'm looking at my notes and I um, 
I haven't written a log line, so I'm just going to have to absolutely wing this. Yeah, um, go for it. An, an incredibly hench um, septuagenarian um, <laughs> endures problems in life um, and bloodily decides to make a series of terrible choices um, and kill an awful lot of people. Um there's not much else to add, really, is there? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roulette trailer. <laughs> <laughs> So, Rambo Last Blood. Uh, is this R- Rambo 5? It, it is be. Rambo 5, yes. Yeah. Rob, why have you picked this? <laughs> Very good question, James. Why <laughs> did I pick this? Um, I love um, cinema icons. I love big action movies. Um, and I like it when the two come together. Um, <laughs> and here, um, I thought there was something really enjoyably simplistic about... Um, the plot, not much of that going on. Um, <laughs> but I actually think think that there's a great movie in there somewhere. I just feel like now, having watched it again after picking this, that it was um, that it's been lost somewhere. You know, it's been pared down to the point that the the really good movie that we could have had has been. Um, I don't want to say sterilized because there's nothing sterile about this, <laughs> but like a little bit chopped down too far. Um, Another reason I really like it is, and I will like this sort of stuff regardless. I mean, this is John Rambo being an older John Rambo defending his homestead, which I, you can sign me up straight away, and there is a good chance I will dig that without even seeing it. Um, but in this case, um, and I really hope this, um, you don't mind, James, me saying this because it's a... Sorry, this is Sai. I really hope you don't mind me, Sai, from saying this now. But this is one of the ones where the swing on Rotten Tomatoes oh, is yeah. massive. Um, do you have it to hand? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like all the movies we've covered, we have seen a few where there's been like a big difference between critical and audiences on on, our, on the aggregate scores. But yeah, this might might be most the most dramatic one because Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic both have it at twenty six on the critical, so a really <laughs> low one. Um, but then 
Rotten Tomatoes, audience-wise, 82%. Which is just <laughs> ridiculous. So good, He's obviously doing something right. And then Metacritic, um, 7.5. So not as high, but still a big, massive difference. That's still good uh, for Metacritic. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it's a curio, for sure, in terms of that critical audience difference. Yeah. And I thought off the back of those figures, I thought we'd have good, well, ample chance, if only between the three of us, yeah. a, a good discussion here on this. Um, but no, I, I love Sly. I think, you know, to an extent, we all love Sly. Yeah, we um, all love Sly, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I love the character of John Rambo. I love the setting of this movie. I love the simplicity of it. I really love the villains as well. They are not nice people. And yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, so what is what is your respective relationships with um, John Rambo 5? Well, this one I hadn't seen, but I had seen the previous four Rambo movies. Uh, the one from 2008 I saw in the cinema and really, really enjoyed in uh, despite its dementedness. Um, so, but this one, I, I don't know, but this one, I just, it, I, I was just never drawn to it. Perhaps it was the critical reception, but it didn't grab me. Uh, so this is, this week is the first time that I have seen this movie. Oh, first watch. Yep. Excellent. First watch, last blood. Amazing. Lovely <laughs> ring to it. Uh, Sai, what about you? Well, for me, like surprisingly, out of all the really famous, you said it before, Rob, you know, icons, movie icons. Of all the famous characters from like the eighties who you'd think a young me would just absolutely love growing up and, and, and just be proper obsessed with them. Rambo was the one that really did pass me by. Mm. I'm sure I've seen First Blood and the sequels somewhere along the line, but I honestly just have no memory of any of John Rambo's adventures, um, outside of like parodies and pop culture references. Um, so yeah, probably not the best idea for me to start this franchise from the end. <laughs> so this would be the first Rambo movie you've seen. In like I, as I say, I probably have seen the first one when I was younger, and I've just forgotten about it. But in terms of yeah, what's in my head, this is the as far as I'm concerned, the first Rambo film I've seen. What an intro to the character. Uh, uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's weird. I haven't got any reference in terms of the character other than just. The parody, what he's become, I guess. And Hot Shots Part Deux. Exactly. I was just about to say that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you've seen Hot Shots Part Deux, that's really going to undercut Rambo (laughs) 3. It really is. Really, really is. Hot Shots Part Deux is definitely um, segue, but uh, a fine example of a sequel that is better than the first one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good. Really, really 100%. T-1000 Saddam Hussein. Incredible (laughs) gag. Lloyd Bridges, astonishing. <laughs> that their fight in Hot Shots Part, <laughs> Lloyd Bridges versus Saddam in the Baghdad Palace is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, I wish we were talking about oh, that dear. movie instead. To be <laughs> <laughs> what a movie! Oh dear. Anyway, uh, so um, we know that there's a big swing. Um, and the critics didn't um, look take kindly upon this. Uh, James, is that um, uh, ratified by your research? Uh, in terms of the box office, so yeah, 
Rambo Last Blood, it grossed 44.8 million in the United States and Canada and 46.7 million in other territories for a worldwide total of 91.4 million against a production budget of 50 million. So I'd say it did okay. It came out the same week as Ad Astra and Downton Abbey. Uh, So it is a really recent movie. Yeah, it's really mm. surprisingly recent. Was it 2019? Yeah, 2019, yeah. yeah. Literally months before lockdown. Yeah. And apparently uh, the Blu-ray and DVD grossed 25.5 million in domestic video sales. So that's really good. Right. Mm. So a bit of a, um, a, a cult one, really. You know, like one that got yeah. a bit of a following on the uh, the home streaming stuff because Prime had it on for free for ages. And then it was only this week when I'd, we decided to do it that it wasn't anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I, I must say, uh, if anyone's got Stars Player, you can watch it on there. It's it's yes. included with that subscription. So if you haven't got Stars Player and you want to watch Last Blood, you can sign up for their free trial and watch it for free. Or if you already have it, then you've got it. You can watch it. Yeah. Or you can just no. I, I shouldn't really say, but you can just no. Sign no, up for you free shouldn't. Trial. You shouldn't just. Oh no, sorry. I thought you were going to say you could download it. I was like, this I thought is he's going to be a big old pirate. <laughs> no, no. You could you could sign up for stars and go. I'm going to be a long term big fan of stars, and then watch this movie and then press unsubscribe, baby. Come on now. <laughs> we've we've sort of hinted on critical reception side, but um, yeah. Did did how did this play out sort of in a wider picture? Well, they 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 didn't, as you know, as we sort of touched on with the score, they didn't like it at all, really. With most scores hitting along the ones and twos, with a hell of a lot of complaints about it being a bit lazy and formulaic in terms of its plotting, and then a bit gratuitous with its violence, which doesn't generally go down well with critics anyway. And then there were quite a few comments which accused it of of racism. Um, <laughs> which I'm sure we'll get to when we go on to the movie itself. But yeah, there was a lot of criticisms on that front as well, oh. which dragged it down a bit and, you know, dragged it through the mud a bit with with the critical fraternity. And then uh, Letterboxd, Letterboxd is sort of the halfway house, isn't it, between what your audience score is on Rotten Tomatoes and what your critic score is, because it's a big mash of both, I think, Letterboxd. And, and that has it slap bang in the middle at 2.5. And that was kind of the similar. There was a lot of the same one-star reviews, you know, saying the same things as the critics did. But then it also has a lot of five-star reviews uh, giving the same reasons. (laughs) 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 So, like, why the critics and the people hated it is why other people loved it, apart from the racism, not the the racism bit, Um, but the the violence and, and how simple the plot is. People liked that about it, liked how it was just a 90 minute cut and shot sort of simple plot. One which sort of like is an example of that was from uh, Dilly Money who said um, an abhorrent kill fest, what a horrible movie, five stars. (laughs) (laughs) We can sign off lads. That's it. There's nothing further to add on this topic. That is a super review. (laughs) You're so right though. Yeah, talk about a polarising movie. Uh, This is certainly one of those it really really is that's absolutely mad i love how you know um on one hand um rambo always saw like that the you know initially in its commentaries on the effects of the vietnam war yeah on its veterans etc and the justifications for that combat um to now be polarizing people you know the, the franchise is is 
you need to talk about it. It provokes discussion. No matter how, you know, because this for me arguably is the most throwaway of the of the entire quin- quintet. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. If they um, put them in a box set, I think that's what they'd call it. The Rambo yeah, yeah. quintet. <laughs> that sounds a bit too delicate. No, they'd come up with some bullshit like quintology or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a uh, like a, a, an offshoot of side things from the guy from Jaws, which I want to see now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Quintology. Can you imagine a new Netflix series like a hipster quint by like early days quint quintology? Hmm. <laughs> Just his adventures, like, you know, wrestling with, I don't know, fish. <laughs> Other aquatic creatures. Other, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A dolphin stole my, my lunch. <laughs> Quintology, season one. <laughs> uh, in addition to the critics and those on Letterboxd, I threw it out on the Twitter, and I'd like to introduce a new segment of the podcast called... A little birdie told me, which is where we get oh, yes, get the reactions from our followers on Twitter. And again, it's a real mixed bag. So if I can just read out a few of these, so you please do, please do. Billy Barr loved it. The America, the director's cut makes a bit more sense of setting up the story with a different start and more backstory on the family staying in the far, in his father's ranch. David Nuttall, a bit of a naff end to the series, particularly after I thought the fourth was so good, but at least we now know what Home Alone will be like if it starred Rambo. Uh, <laughs> Hef Saunders has simply replied with the shit emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Not prepared for that. In any way. Mark Brown said, uh, sadly, a bit shit. We've got a theme going now. I loved <laughs> uh, I loved First Blood and The Last Rambo, but this missed the point of why those two were good, I think. Uh, Darren Wandsworth has just uh, tweeted a picture of Dr. Ian Malcolm staring at a big pile of shit. LAUGHTER <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Heritage Film Club says this movie is an okay over the top everything in excess action shoot 'em up movie, but it is not a good Rambo movie. And uh, top listener Jamie Russell also says I love the Rambo films, but I have to say that this one left a nasty taste after watching at the cinema. I'm sure that Trump would have loved it, however. So right, we've mentioned the Tango Mussolini, and we (laughs) and we need to sort of address this, and then never speak of him ever again. Right? A lot of the criticism has been: Is this a bit of a MAGA wet dream movie? Yes. In terms of its portrayal, I've never thought about it like that. Like, uh, uh, like uh, um, you know, when you arrive at Mar-a-Lago, you know, like, uh, come to the dining room at maybe six o'clock. We're going to watch Rambo: Less Blood. It's going to be great. It's, it's be a great. it's a fascinating documentary. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. Yeah, you know, uh... I don't believe that Sly, Sly has is on the record saying that he never voted for Trump. So I don't know if it's maybe lazy or stereotypical. I don't think it is. Gunned no. in that direction. I don't. I think would, so. Or I, I would like I, to hope that it isn't. But we know what Trump said about Mexicans, and this film is very much a portrayal of his view on Mexican people and what he said during the run-up to uh, the 2016 election. Or there's there seems to be elements in there. So I think that's why people had, or the critical fraternity and a lot of people yeah, on Letterboxd potentially had a problem with this movie. 
I, th- I think timing's the worst bit here, you know, because um, the the script um, is also, I believe, um, uh, uh, parts of the script were used for the Jason Statham movie Homefront, you know, which yeah. I mean that 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 title is a lot more suggestive of. Um, Foreigners are bad, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. <laughs> Where, so um, I I totally agree with you. I think the worst thing here, though, is you've got, you know the worst thing that could have happened in it in the sense of this film and its reception, possibly is the timing because it's very sensitive timing, yeah, con- considering is, yeah. all the things that have been said about the USA Mexico dynamic. Yeah, exactly. I just thought it was good because it had been mentioned that we bring it up. Oh, yeah. um, so that we, so, so that we're not, you know, because it is yeah. something that is quite out there in the commentary on this film. We're aware Absolutely. of it. We've discussed it. We're never yeah. mentioning Trump on this podcast no, ever again. Absolutely. <laughs> I think yeah. I think it's just like a case of naivety on the filmmakers' part, isn't it? To be yeah. like, right, it, at the time, you know, in the current social climate, should we be doing this? And they probably should have thought more about that in terms of yeah. what sort of message they were saying. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was sort of I would like intentionally racist and and going yeah look this is what they're like look I, I, yeah it's yeah um, I would choose I choose to believe that it's a bit more tone deaf than a cynical cash grab to yes, piss yeah, off a load 100%. of you know liberal leaning critics and then hopefully uh, make uh, up uh, for it at the box office with people who do think that way about Mexicans. Anyway, well, I mean, we, like, we, we've addressed it. <laughs> we, we know we have, and it's right to address it. We don't shirk the big issues. Here no. on the <laughs> Rambo, um, last blood. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but um, we've... Uh, I think um, the, the, the question of Mexican crime is something that international audiences have been fascinated with for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And and geographically, um, Rambo has always gone home to Bowie yeah. in or Bowie, I think it is in Arizona, and that is literally an hour's drive from the border of Mexico. Exactly. So if if you're going to have Rambo go home and defend his homestead, yeah, it, it you know it's like well, yeah, yeah. I think any writer would sit down and go like, well, well, Mexican crime's really popular. I mean, you uh, this time on on Netflix alone, you've got. Narcos, you've got Narcos, all the Pablo yeah. Escobar exactly, documentaries. Yeah. You know it's actually a popular topic. Yeah, it it it's not like um, a far leap to possibly start writing about that kind of thing. Yeah. Also, you know, Don Don Winslow's the cartel. Um, exactly. Books, yeah. You know, the, the, bit more nuance gonna... in those projects. So to be fair, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Slow. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's going to be a massive TV series soon as well. You know, yeah. so. Um, which I cannot wait for, by the way. But um, it's also yeah. worth noting as well that Rambo, as a series, is not particularly sensitive to the portrayal of the bad guy. Any I, yeah. any foreigners, I, to be perfect. I would, I would imagine that the the, the Burmese people <laughs> not might have something to say yeah. about that. <laughs> they might have, you know, like whoa, you know, look, like the Mexicans got off easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, 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 but but you're right. I think it's important we talk about these things. Um, so uh, should we dive into the movie? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's just talk a little bit about Sly as well. Good decade yeah. for Sly. I mean, oh, I mean, dude, out of these '80s and '90s action heroes, he's the only one who's operating at anything like the level he was operating at back in the '80s and '90s. Obviously, Arnie went away into politics for a while, but Bruce Willis is phoning it in. 
in straight to DVD garbage. Uh, JCVD, you know, he's his had his time in the sun. Uh, he was never on the same level as Stallone, but Stallone, I'm looking at his last decade. It's incredible. He's, he had three Expendables movies, three Escape Plan movies. Who knew there were three of those, by the way? <laughs> I quite enjoyed the first one, actually. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen I the didn't know there were, I didn't quite know quite there were sequels. Apparently, Dave Batista's in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Just I did tell not me know that. Gives, gives Sly a Batista bomb. <laughs> I'll have to investigate further. <laughs> Two creeds. He was robbed of an Oscar for the first creed for starters. Mm. I like Mark Rylance, but you know, give the Oscar to Sly. Uh, and then yeah. a Rambo to cap off the decade. So a very strong mm. um, ten years is, uh, for Sly. Everything, pretty much everything, going into theatrical release as well. Yeah. How old is he now as well? Seventy-three. Jesus, amazing, isn't it? And because he's not like. He's not, you don't have to cut, in Rambo Last Blood, you don't have to cut away from Sly doing the action. No. You know, to make it yeah, look believable that he's swinging things, he's kicking people, hitting people. Well, he rides the horse as well, doesn't he? He's riding horses <laughs> and stuff. And yeah. I've, got a, so I've, got, I've got a big question about this that I'm going to bring up in a moment. <laughs> but uh, like you're right, but he's, he's not um, the side attraction in movies. He's yeah. the star, the main draw. At 73, he's the main draw. He's the last man standing out of all the 80s and he 90s is. action heroes. We love you, Sly. We love you, man. Do you think that's because of his involvement behind the camera as well? Because he, Yeah, he, he writes, doesn't he? Stuff yeah. He, he edits a lot of his stuff as well. Yeah. Um, he's always in the edit suite. There's 400 producers on this movie, but he's not one of them, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have any involvement with the... the the uh, Rambo Four, the one before, did he? He, write di- he wrote yes. and directed that one. He, did. he seems I to have could... hung up directing. Maybe it's too much if he's going to be in the movie as well. Right. Yeah. Um. It's interesting that. Yeah. Um. Adrian Grunberg is the director here. Yeah. Um. I would say, where do we know him from? But his directorial history is not very big at all. He was a second unit director, wasn't he? Mainly. Yeah. I mean, it's some amazing movies on his resume. Um. As first assistant director, he's got whoa, fleet sheesh, uh, collateral damage with Arnie. Uh, this is just to name <laughs> a few things: Master and Commander, Far Side of the World, first assistant, great movie, director. Man on Fire, Legend of Zorro, Jarhead, Apocalypto, Edge of Darkness, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. This is all the second director, and this makes sense now. Narcos. Yes. Yeah, Narcos and... Uh, the Narcos, not Narcos. Narcos. <laughs> what am I talking Narcos. about? You've been watching Narcos. that Narcos? <laughs> <laughs> Chilled by the pool in Benidorm watching that Narcos. Uh, so it makes total sense that he was involved in those things. Um, very interesting to see first assistant director, Man on Fire. But the Mexico, that was in Mexico. Yes. So the Mexico connection is all there. Traffic is another one he was an assistant director on in the Mexico yeah. um, part of the film. And uh, a feature film that he did direct, that he was the main director on, is called uh, called Get the Gringo, which is a Mel Gibson mm. movie from 2012, which I believe is also uh, set south of the border. And um, I have seen that, and I remember enjoying that movie. Cool. Interesting that this guy got this gig. It makes yeah. sense, total sense. Like, who is Ofe with the <laughs> shooting in Mexico? <laughs> Literally shooting in Mexico. Like... <laughs> Get him in. Call him in quickly. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, 
And straight away in the movie, um, you see the lovely Balboa Productions logo. <laughs> yeah. With a little hat. <laughs> lovely. So crisp to see this font. And then this farm from the end of Rambo 4. Yep. Uh, and uh, the score, is it our... No, it's the composer on this is Brian Tyler, I think. Yeah. Um, I love the score. Um, that You know, the swelling strings? Oh, yeah. So nice. The score's um, great, and Brian Tyler yeah. is a, like, a really prolific action movie composer. Um, so mm. he's done Iron Man 3, Avengers Age of Ultron, Fast Five, a couple of other Fast and Furious movies. So he's a real go-to guy for uh, tentpole Hollywood action. Yeah, um, it works. In this instance, it works. You know, um, you've got to set uh, Rambo up as a hero for newcomers to the franchise. Here's looking at you, Si. Yes. Um. <laughs> I got that. I got that. And, uh, I, I, oh, I he's a goodie. He he's a goodie. Um, with a house full of, of guns and bows. So I was like, oh, he's a, he's a violent man then. With his, his <laughs> yeah. cache of weapons. A, a MAGA wet dream coming on here. <laughs> um, anyway, we, we will not make it political. Um I, I very much enjoyed this version of Rambo when we first meet him. He's on the pain meds. He's a cowboy, and he's indulging in a spot of dressage that um, sport that you always <laughs> catch. You know, like when you tune in. Oh, the Olympics are on today. We'll just pop it on, see what's on the red button. Oh, it's flipping dressage. Is it like <laughs> the the sport commonly known as the the dancing horses? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Horse oh, the horses dancing. are dancing. No, oh, how great! We got gold in that. Britain's great at the dancing horses. <laughs> I'd have watched 90 minutes of Sly doing dressage around his little farm, to be honest. <laughs> Nobody gets shot or anything. Like, that would have been lovely. Just like Rambo retirement, just doing yeah. dressage for the rest well, of his what, life. That, assuming that's... Because what was it? 2008 was Rambo, wasn't it? Yeah, So yeah. this is 11 years gap. And he's just had a lovely 11 years doing dressage with horses. And, and digging tunnels. Digging tunnels. <laughs> Uh, right, this is uh, yeah another big question. He he is haunted with PTSD. Yes. from the Vietnam War. And so, what's the best thing to do? You know, when you've got I've got a bit of land here. I think I'm going to do some PTSD prompting tunnels on yeah. land just to make sure I never get over it. Because these might come in handy in the third act of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Um, I really enjoyed that um, there were some snaps on the wall uh, everywhere. Um, Rambo's CGI head on loads of them, <laughs> which I really liked. Um, haunted look now, Sly. Haunted. Yeah. You know, like, no long uh, hair in this one. He's really he's really embraced yeah. um, in retirement. Sly, how did the... Um, because this was a criticism of the film as well, that it's not really a Rambo film because they don't really focus on his PTSD from Vietnam. Did that come across to you, given uh, that you're new to the series? Yeah, I got. I thought it was mapped out pretty well, actually. Yeah. From all this photos business, when he's looking at the photos, and there's like a little, like a really quick flashback. Um, it, very simply done, but um, that's what I I got that from it. Oh, cool for sure. That's nice. I like that. Um, I think any movie that can tell a story very quickly and engage an audience very quickly is doing all right. <laughs> so so far, we're off to a good start. We've got dressage and exposition. Excellent. Lovely. <laughs> we're away. <laughs> uh, and uh, third, very important thing: we have some double denim. Oh, yes. So you this is why Rob picked this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, in the first four, five minutes, I think, um, it's mentioned four times that uh, Gabriella is going to college. Yeah. And um, I think at this point, spoilers, I knew she was going to die. <laughs> because if you're going to foreshadow something that heavily, it's not going to plan out the way you wanted it. Was she in the last one? Because this is no. where I was really confused that who these people were. I was like, I have no idea who these people are. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, this this film seems to have been cut within an inch of its life. They were still cutting it right up until two weeks before it came out. And there's a director's cut, which is a lengthy 100 minutes, which gives a bit more context as to who this family actually are who are living with Rambo <laughs> on his ranch and seem to have no problem with him building miles of tunnels underneath the property. <laughs> but for some reason, in certain territories, the UK, the US and Canada, they decided not to include that prologue, which gave that context and instead have um have just jumped right in. It's just like, yeah, these guys live on the on the farm with him. Yeah, I, I thought I was blaming myself because I was like, oh god, I really should have watched the previous films because there might be a bit of context to who these yeah, people no, no. are. And no, I was, these are I was brand new characters. Filling the gaps myself, <laughs> but no brand new What? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean they all they all obviously have uh, long established relationships between them. I don't know what any of them are. Yeah, it's very short. <laughs> no, it's I very do. shorthand, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think the fact that um, a lot of your investment in the film will go off um, how you feel about uh, Rambo and Gabriella's uh, relationship. Yeah, yeah, whether you buy into it or, um, and I'd like a little bit more to yeah. be honest. Yeah, for sure. I ju- I just think it's all quite thinly sketched, isn't it? It just expects you to, right, she's a teenager, this is a surrogate family for him, he sees her as his daughter because he never had any children of his own. But yeah, I think it's quite thinly sketched, and I've seen all the other Rambos as well, so for me, who's familiar with the series, and Simon to be in the same boat suggests that potentially there's been some stuff left on the cutting room floor that might have been quite it useful it does actually. look that way it definitely looks that way i think um i would love love to have seen these missing 11 years of what rambo had been up to you know like even give it me as a montage yeah you know apparently their dropped uh opening scene was uh, rambo attempted to save some hikers but he doesn't quite manage it um or he saves one of them and one doesn't make it or something like that you know give me that then give me a montage of how we got here yeah um and then let's press on with dressage it's and lacking a bit of context, to... isn't it, the opening? It, 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 it <laughs> genuinely is. And it's also assuming that the, there's a pre-existing relationship between cinema audience and what they're watching. Yeah. For a lot of people, that would be the case, but not for everyone. Si, it, this is great, actually, Side, that you... Yeah. It is interesting, because, as I say, I, I just assumed most of this was in the previous <laughs> movie, because they're talking on the horses, aren't they? And, and she basically says that she's found her dad her her birth father in Mexico, so she's going to go mm. and speak to him before she heads off for college. And Rambo's pissed off, and he's like, "Oh, your your dad's a bad person." But so I'm just like, "Oh, this is must have been the last one. This must have been <laughs> yeah. what happened in the last film." It would make sense if it was, <laughs> but it's not. Like none of the there's no 
Mexican no. father to a niece in the first. Just these are just brand brand <laughs> yeah. new to the Rambo. <laughs> Their entire character arc and relationship has happened in the space between the two movies. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Anything. We're not invested. To be we don't know. Anything. Yeah, that's wow. the problem. We're not <laughs> invested, brilliant. and every bit of investment that we're going to make comes from what they do with the runtime here. And yeah. there's not a lot of that. So <laughs> we don't get a lot of chance to get, get on board here. I've got a funny thing on the on the runtime. So this is 89 minutes long, 10 minutes of credits and titles. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, lovely fa- flannels. Um, I do like a good flannel. <laughs> what? On a, on a mat. No, no, no. Like, you mean a like flannel those, shirt or a, yes, one that you wash your like, face with? No, no, no. Miniature towels. Yeah, I, thought, I thought you were just spotting some bathroom paraphernalia, just what was no, in the background. No, no. You know, like, it's, it's very true that you know, in the, in the like the early nineties and late eighties, you knew a house was classy or a hotel was classy if there was a folded flannel by the sink with a, a, the unused bar of imperial leather on the top. <laughs> that was the ultimate sign. It's of true. Class. It's very true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> no, lovely flannel shirt on Rambo. Yeah. Right, okay, um, sorry. Now we, and now she decides to go back. Oh, no, there's a, she has a booze up, doesn't she? She home. does, in the tunnels. In the tunnels. She's weird as well. <laughs> what is it? Where did he pull his guns? He's not going to let the kids down with a gun. If you're, like, if you're about to go to college, you're like a teenager and you're sort of drinking, naughtily drinking, where better to oh, do yeah. that in some interconnected tunnels like the Viet Cong? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> very much so. Very much so. Do you want to come around and drink like the Viet Cong? <laughs> Should we get on it like <laughs> my surrogate, a surrogate uncle says it helps with his PTSD, but I'm not convinced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he seems unhinged. <laughs> um, but Rambo though is um, simple and conflicted. Yeah, um, and which you would expect from a man who has killed the amount of people he has in previous movies. The amount of blood on this man's hands is astonishing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but great music going on. The homestead is lovely. Um, and she decides, I'm um, finding out that her, uh, you know, she gets information of where her real father is. Um, she's going to do a quick Yui when she says she's going to Antonio's, yep. on Antonia's house. And uh, with some lovely back projection, she heads to Mexico. Absolutely. Yeah, just yeah. Heads, heads off to Mexico. But I feel sorry for Rambo because he's just like, oh, God, I've had a life of shit. Can you not just give me an easy life? I don't want to have to worry you going to me- worry about you going to Mexico. Just go to college. Yeah, just do that. We've been begging you to do that. I've said it four times in the opening scenes. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to wait any longer. Um, but she goes to meet, um, Is it? I think it's Giselle. Giselle, yes. She was bad news the second that you said it. (laughs) Yeah, when she looks like extra from GTA San Andreas. (laughs) This is not good. (laughs) And I think this is where a lot of the criticism comes in. Is it's just it is quite on the nose, all of it, isn't it? She just she looks like a basically dressed her to look like a gang member. (laughs) Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, it's like we haven't got time for this. We need to get to the. Home Alone section at the end. <laughs> I think um, Gabriella is played by um, Yvette Monreal. Um, and um, I think with, with what she's got to do here, I think she does really well. Yeah, because it's a very thin character, isn't it? She's it essentially is. a damsel in distress type. Yeah, the daughter figure. The, the yeah. daughter take on the yeah. uh, damsel in distress role. Um, and yeah, I, I, I feel bad for her. She wants to 
uh, find her daddy. Sorry, but then <laughs> coming back. Again. But the dad is horrendous. What a nasty man. Well, he uh, isn't he really first. sticks the boot in, doesn't he? Like, <laughs> he really does. Yeah, he, he proper you bends her. You know, like when it, when it happened, I was thinking of that um, Usher song. It's called the U-Turn. Yeah. <laughs> Is essentially the personification of the British government. Like, <laughs> he starts out really nice, and then all of a sudden, like the literally the lighting changes yeah, on his like, face, <laughs> and he's evil all of a sudden. Like, wow, you've grown up. Yeah, I didn't want you. All <laughs> yeah. oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Did she just say like, "Oh, why did you leave us?" And then he just just <laughs> goes bonkers and just proper sticks the boot in, and he's just like, "I didn't." didn't. <laughs> Just didn't fancy it. <laughs> yeah. They um, when it all goes bad, they go on the razzle dazzle to take her yeah. mind off things. Um, but she gets a drink spiked, and she's being really nice in this bar. You know, getting rid of you know, like putting her hand up to nasty sorts and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but no, not to be. She's um, she's falling in with the wrong crowd. I, I'm right in thinking that it's her mate who screws her over at this. Point. Oh yeah, she, yeah, for sure. She 100%. sets her up like yeah, she sets her up in yeah. this club to get yeah. drugged and kidnapped. Yeah, 100%. Which is bad. Yeah, and then this is where she does become the damsel in distress and John Rambo, go and fix it, mate. Well, he finds out that she's gone to Mexico and he makes an absolute pig's ear of driving off his own ranch. (laughs) 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 Skidding all over the road. To be fair, he's he's about 400 years old. He's got his orthopaedic (laughs) shoes on. He just hasn't got control of the vehicle. He left his bifocals at home. (laughs) (laughs) He'd much rather... All he can think about is the dressage he's missing at this point. (laughs) He's essentially Hench Mole Man from The Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) And and she's introduced, Gabriella, she's been hijacked by some proper bad they are wrong guns aren't they (laughs) yeah um and um they they, i i think the performance there's two brothers isn't there um and we meet the first one who is a really naughty sergio ramos (laughs) (laughs) and the real sergio ramos is quite naughty (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i've written here like he's a really bad egg Oh, he really is a bad egg, this bloke, this bloke. I thought his energy in this movie was ace, absolutely ace. The bad guys are very good at being bad guys, aren't they? Like, they yeah, really I absolutely it. Like, loved it. All the really henchmen, who, all the like, no-line henchmen and the two brother bad guys. I'm, I would be terrified of these people if I saw oh, them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like physically, this guy—is uh, it Victor? Is it because I mix up Victor and Hugo because they're both absolutely terrible? Yeah, this is Victor. He—he he physically is not a big guy or anything no. like that, but his manner is just insane. He would not have a problem doing terrible things to you, as we find out. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> because it gets—it gets, it gets really dark really quick, doesn't it? So it does. Rambo makes his way across the border. He goes to see Manuel, who is the uh, estranged father of Gabrielle, yeah. isn't it? And uh, is it Gabrielle or Gabriella? Every time I hear Gabriella, I want to go out of reach. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gabriella, but please keep doing that. <laughs> As she is literally out of Rambo's reach. 
Yeah. Oh, very nice. good. Very good. Nice. That's Super such a, segue. Such a way around the houses for that stupid joke. We are pros here. <laughs> How long did it take you to write that? Oh, I got, got to bed about two thirds. I literally just come <laughs> up with it. <laughs> <laughs> it, Rambo's unhinged in Mexico. He's like popping pills, um, sticking knives in tables. Um, when he goes to see Gabriella, that's the knife from Rambo 3 as well. Um, yeah. So that's a lovely little callback. Um, and he goes clubbing, which I never thought I'd ever see. I mean, Rambo oh, in a club. Yeah, it's it's not the most discreet, is it? It's just like, what's that geriatric <laughs> fella doing over there? <laughs> yeah, it, like when he says, I'll just wait over here. And he stands against the back wall and he, he could not stand out more. <laughs> like, there is an absolute... Toilet house stood by the wall over there. Who is in his seventies and American? <laughs> what, what is he, he doing? doing here? What's he doing? He's is that is that bulge? He's clearly carrying weapons, isn't he? <laughs> um, but Paz Vega is in the club, and um, she is keeping an eye on Rambo, and she's watching from uh, a far way off when he takes a chap outside and. Pops his clavicle. This is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. It's one of the most horrendous things I've ever seen. <laughs> this was the, the like I, I was just watching watching the film and you know I was enjoying the dressage. I was like, oh, this is lovely. <laughs> and, you know, like, and then uh, you know, writing my notes. And then this happened, and I just went, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just completely knocked me for six of 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 hearing it. Not only hearing the sound effects oh, yeah. of his, the crunchy bone, but oh. then seeing it and seeing his finger what? like get purchase on it to pull it out oh. more. And you're like, the, oh. the word purchase oh. is the worst bit here. Yeah, yeah. And then oh. cracking it with his. Bare hands, like it's, it's, just, oh, it's just absolutely horrendous. Like, I know this guy is not a good dude, but it just seems extreme to start. He stabs him as well, like. <laughs> oh yeah, he sticks it. He sticks that massive knife into his thigh, doesn't yeah, he? This is the hero. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of my main takeaways from John Rambo is he's very stabby. In <laughs> he's stabby, all right. Yeah. From this movie, he loves he loves a knife. Bloody hell. Uh, so he digs like into his collarbone, pierces the flesh around his collarbone and then snaps it. It's just, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we were covering another film and the question was, what's the most violent scene you took, this would probably be it. <laughs> be but because, because it's quite a harmless bone, I kind of overlook it. You know, it's yeah. not like, it'll it oh. survive that. Yes, fine. It, it's horrible. Fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just because because this particular character is just an intermediary. He's the guy who's going to tell him mm. where the main guys are. You don't expect that sort of treatment for a middleman, really. Is, is this the film setting its stall out? Because we know that so. it gets worse from <laughs> But this is the one that cut the had the most impact on me because I wasn't expecting it at yeah, this so, moment. Mm, I knew it was, I've seen Rambo movies before. I know it's going to build to a load of carnage in the, in the third yeah, act. Yeah. I was not expecting that level of brutality <laughs> at this moment. No, yeah. It's something else really. Um, but he gets the information from the guy and goes yep. to this house where the girls are all stored. Um, and he's doing a bit of surveillance, but he doesn't do very well at it because they spot him immediately. <laughs> he's rusty at best. If this was his, 
his technique in Vietnam, he wouldn't have lasted five seconds to be quite <laughs> let alone five movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the sergeant guy in, in the other uh, installments, Rob? Is it Troutman? Know. Yeah, Troutman must be spinning in his grave. At- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Think of what I, you know, imagine if it was a voice. Think of what I taught you, John. Think yeah. of what I. Remember your training, Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a song. Remember uh, how you took out Brian Dennehy and all his deputies in the first movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, they corner him um, and they he's in proper poo-poo. Yeah. And they, all of his own doing because of terrible yeah. recon. <laughs> I mean, he's got... He's got cojones the size of oranges by just walking into this what 30 strong gang of absolute mm. brick shit houses <laughs> and whilst a brick shit house himself he is 73 years old um yes and it's not going to end well for him is it really what was he thinking would happen <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely batter him but they yep. let him live so they can that that he can think about what they're going to do to gabriella yeah. Um, it's not a great is... plan and it doesn't ring true for me to be honest I, I think like oh, this damn, this level yeah. of criminal would just be like oh just be, got, be done with him to be honest I think I think if it was a if it was a regular 73 year old it might have gone like yeah let him live because he's done well to get this far yeah. but not this guy <laughs> given the size of the knife they've taken off him it's like right no yeah. we're not taking any chances here <laughs> no. this guy's clearly uh, insane they um, they scar him Batter him up. His face goes Pillsbury Doughboy. We're talking... <laughs> oh, proper battered. <laughs> We're back to previous visitors to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sly's face is already a bit funny it, <laughs> compared well, to what it once was. It is, a little bit. Um, and, um, yeah, Carmen, though, Paz Vega, yep. gets a cheeky doctor over. By the way, she saved him. That, yep, yeah, sorry, I forgot it. to say that. Yeah, she saved him. Got a cheeky doctor over to sort him out. Um, but at the meantime, Gab... She's a journalist who does no journalism in the movie. <laughs> That's right, yeah. She just, she's as bad of a vigilante as he is. I, I was expecting more from Paz Vega. Well, because it was Paz Vega for one, I was like, oh, I recognise yeah. her. You know, she, And then I initially thought she was a cop. Mm. And then she reveals she's a journalist who's trying to dig the dirt and find out about this brothel and this cartel because her sister was went through the same thing as Gabriella. But then that's it. That was her contribution to the whole film. She's not in it for the rest of it. Just this just to just to heal Rambo. Yeah, I, I wonder what there must be some cutting room stuff. Oh sure. Yeah. Some more Paz Vega. You can't get Paz Vega in and not have more than just a couple of scenes where she patches Rambo up. There's like a little montage, isn't there, where um he's healing and Gabriella's in the brothel getting drugged up. She's going just through a horrendous thing, horrible time, and mm. then he's healing. And it makes it feel like weeks and months have passed by. It especially does, because, yeah. especially because he's now healed pretty much back to normal how he was. And then, and then it's like four days. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what? Who is? Is he Wolverine or something? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, uh, honestly, Sai, it's the power of a crossfade, isn't it? Like a crossfade <laughs> makes it feel like years have gone by. <laughs> he looks like Sylvester Stallone again by the time he's up, and he's like not even limping or anything like that. He's no, just... yeah, and he'd been battered with bats and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, His new hip's it. absolutely fine. Well, no, 
Is that what the guy did? The, the doctor, just while he's out, just give him a new hip. He's probably due. <laughs> while the gang members were kicking his head in, he's like, oh, what's the hip? It's new. <laughs> um, so he wakes up yeah, and then gets the information of their whereabouts from Paz Vega. Yeah. And then he goes with a hammer to their place. Yep. And he starts hammering people in the head. <laughs> he goes to town on punters. He goes on the brothels, <laughs> on the staff. He does yep. go, he's relentless. Yep. I quite like this bit, actually. <laughs> yeah, this is good. But I enjoyed this bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Rambo with a hammer. That's all yep. he's got. And it's great. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the dude obligatorily gets hammered in the knackers. Um, to keep up the FYR tradition of great nutshots in movies. Do we only do movies now where someone takes an unholy <laughs> blow to the knuckles? Shot to the <laughs> it's getting harder and harder to pick them, lads. Um, and after all this violence, he manages to actually get yeah. Gabriella back. And they drive home together. She's in a terrible way. Should have taken her to the hospital, really, shouldn't he? <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah, that was immediately the first port of call. Um, incidentally, they never mention the name of the town that this is. Quite, no. you know, probably smart move. Yeah, really. Um, so I was always wondering about the amount of time because Rambo seems to go back and forth like oh, he's quite <laughs> easily yeah. between yeah. the two places. He's got a fast pass. Fuck his old towers. <laughs> Is that what happens on the 1st of January? You get your, your yearly Mexico fast pass. If you're <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beat the queues. It's like getting on Nemesis yeah. before anybody else. Well, no, like, at no point, like, so he's driving back and I'm thinking, right, you'll have to go through border control, yeah. surely. And he's got a half-dead girl in the seat next to him. In the front seat, no less. But no, no, it's fine. Don't even pay any heed. Yeah, he just pings through like a really shitty fence, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, is that how easy it is to go to cross the board? <laughs> the wall obviously there. wasn't up in that part. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, that was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. <laughs> like the same noises when um, the the staples are pulled out of Daniel Stern's uh, genitalia. <laughs> oh, yeah, hello. that is exactly Here. what it was. Boink. <laughs> Boink. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's very harrowing this conversation because he's thanking her for being the best thing in his life. He's telling her a lovely story. Yeah. And spoilers, she dies. Yes, she does. Yeah. Sly's quite good in this scene. To be fair, he's really good. I I was genuinely stunned at this moment. I thought he'd saved yeah, her. I was. I was I was like, oh, you know, thank God he saved her. Obviously, there's going to be more to the film because we're only like forty five minutes in. But yeah, I did not expect her to to die at all. Yeah. And I was a bit like, oh, no, oh no. I think given what comes afterwards, uh, she probably, to, in order to justify the carnage that comes afterwards. Uh, yes, this is yeah. true. Yes, yeah. Because it's still quite over the top, what he does. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, ha- they had to raise the stakes sufficiently in order to justify uh, the actions that follow. Mm. But I wish they'd just made it back to the ranch and done some... She'd She'd nursed her back to health and they'd just gone back to doing some nice dressage and that would have been lovely. <laughs> and, and then nasty Sergio Ramos could show up. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's fine. Could all work great. Uh, Rambo crying. Oh, not good for me. I, I'm, I, that's too much for me. My heart won't do, deal with that very well. I think Stallone is easily the best thing in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I just feel so much empathy towards him, even though he's Stabby McStabson. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I just really feel for Stallone's sad little face. I think that comes from the fact that we grew up watching Stallone movies, so we're mm. already bought into whatever character he's playing. Oh, it's Sly. Yeah, yeah. 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 We yeah, sort of yeah. see... It's not even the fact that it's Rambo. It's it's Stallone. So even yeah. if he's acting like an, a total maniac, which he does quite often in this which, movie, <laughs> which still sort of on yes. side with him because cause it's Sly. Of course we are. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy who, who referenced the hunker chunker in Demolition Man. The ultimate procreatory move. So good. <laughs> It all goes a bit. Uh, it all goes a bit home alone now, doesn't it? So this is. Why well, does? Yeah. This is I, my it, house. I have to protect it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really wicked montage of him in his interconnected tunnels. Um, yeah. Booby trapping the hell out of it, and then he goes goes back to Mexico to bait them, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. Not. I mean, not just bait them. I mean, like stabby city. No. He goes back and just... I mean, it's horrendous. He's more of a stabber than Ghostface from Scream, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he puts Michael Myers to shame. It's ridiculous. He really the does. stabbing I, he does. He's really intense as well. Yeah. Right, John. <laughs> What's all do? It's very aggressive. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's the little brother's place. And I thought the little brother deserved much more of an on-screen send-off than actually his older brother, to be honest. He's the one who's got the, the most um, on-screen nastiness, I feel. Yeah, but it's the older one who gets mouthy, isn't it? He's the one who says he's keeping him yeah. alive and what have yeah, you. Yeah, that's true, that's true. But no, Rambo, um, as the cops arrive at the house and find that he's, <laughs> he's had his head cut off and left on the bed... Rambo chucks his head out the window. <laughs> what was so he doing? Did he just wearing... walk out of the house holding the head and then pop it on the front seat like you do a McDonald's? <laughs> well, he's getting on a bit, isn't he? So he's a bit forgetful. <laughs> I think I like to think he just looked over to the passenger seat and saw it. Oh shit! <laughs> Threw it out as he got to the border. Ball. <laughs> It's bait, isn't it? So it's it's on the main road to so that that's where they need to head. His ranch is just straight there, isn't it? It's, it's a very convenient little road he's got between Mexico and his, and his ranch. <laughs> I, I actually did look on the map, and depending on where he is in Bowie, Arizona, it is a straight road. <laughs> Literally, it's just a road into Mexico. Yeah, there is one road. Um, he sends his horses away. Found that quite harrowing. The dressage horse now is in the wilderness, trying to fend for itself, knowing only how to turn around in a circle. Yeah. It's Olympic <laughs> dreams in dust. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's at this point that I think that we should discuss what would have been a better um, title for this movie: Home Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very good. This is it. Don't get scared now. Yeah, they all come to take him out at the at the home and he goes full Viet Cong on everybody. Pitchfork, booby traps, that is gross. It's carnage. <laughs> it's just carnage. horrendous what happens from now on. Jeez, Look. Louise, there are heads going everywhere down there. There's people disintegrating in gore. Yeah. People falling in big holes with spikes. Oh, 
Uh, John's got a straight shot at um, what's his name, Hugo. Yeah. But he won't take it because he wants to do something worse with him. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> I, th- I think it's at this point. I think this is the most violent film we've done Ooh. as a podcast. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like in terms of a prolonged, but it's it's so over the top that like you just yeah. find you like none of it has any weight by the end of it no, because it's that's just like thing. it's dozens of people just getting eviscerated in more and more horrendous ways and Home Alone yeah. trap esque ways. Yeah, <laughs> and he does it. He dispatches them all with such relative ease as well. Like he's he's on God mode or something. Yeah, like he, there's no challenge to him at all. He's just. Yeah, blitzing through these bad guys. Yeah, but in fairness, though, Stallone is astonishing as a seventy-three-year-old man, or whatever they filmed it two years ago. Seventy-one-year-old man doing this—it's unreal. How's he going to explain the mess to, like, you know, like if he orders a pizza or if the plumber (laughs) comes round to fix fix the pipes? (laughs) It's guys everywhere. I love the idea that, you know, because we're going to get to the end when he's sat on the porch and he, if he orders a pizza and it's the guy from Little Nero's <laughs> who knocks over a, a little metal statue as he gets on. It's your pizza. You have to pay for your pizza, sir. <laughs> Just rolls over a decapitated head. <laughs> uh, he initiates a, a tunnel collapse um, and yeah. kills the lights and all that kind of stuff. And Hugo barely gets out, but they come out in a barn. Yeah. And he's got a big old, you know, bow and arrow. And yeah. I don't care for this ending. Yeah. This <laughs> ending, I, I don't... Oh, I mean, is this uh, too much for you, bro? Draws the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's the... He takes his time to... It's put, horrendous. It's, like, it's yeah, ridiculous. He, he takes too much time to put his... To put a, an arrow in all his limbs to pin him to the wall. Yeah. Then walks over and let's say what happened. You know, he. Well, delights. before we get to that as well, he's already told him what he's going to do with him. He's like. Yes, that's Which true. I thought was just a weird filmmaking decision. Like, why would you have that as, like, what he actually does to him as the setup? He tells him that. So mm. then all the tension's gone out of that moment. Yeah. He tells him on the radio, "I could have killed you ten times, but and now I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna rip your fucking heart out." <laughs> yeah, um, you big horse's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with any of that. I, if 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 Hugo had done it before, I'd understand that because he's a maniac. But now we have to ex- actually confront the fact that John is an absolute maniac. He's a homicidal maniac. <laughs> yeah. he, he's been shot at this point as well, hasn't he? So he's he has, bleeding yeah. out himself. So he's not to excuse him for uh, ripping <laughs> it on man's heart. But, uh, you get a pass, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you, know, you get this horrendous death. I mean, it's a horrendous death. Yeah. Do you think he's just up in the ante from the last one? Because he rips a guy's, he goes full Dalton in the fourth one and rips a guy's throat out. So is he, is, is he just trying to, what can I rip out of a dude this time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, as we shall say, thus endeth the movie. Um, can I get your favourite bits, fellas, please? Just at the beginning when he's horsing around impressively on the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Before all the horribleness happened, I just really enjoyed him chilling on his ranch with his little surrogate family. I'd have watched that for 90 <laughs> minutes, to be honest. <laughs> I could kill anyone. <laughs> 
I agree. <laughs> so lovely. Yeah, it was just nice to see him. Just and he quite—I don't know if that's sly or a stunt double on the horse, but he looked very impressive at the old mm. dressage. And yeah, mm. missed his calling, John Rambo. If he wasn't murdering <laughs> foreigners <laughs> for most of his life, then he, <laughs> then he could have had a shot at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sai? What's your favourite bit, man? Um, I like. I really liked that wall of explosions when the bad guys first get to his. Ranch yeah, it's a good shot. That. Oh, yes, great. Yeah, and it's just like. Cool. I thought that was really good. That that was like better than what you would have thought they could do with pyrotechnics in <laughs> in the movie. You know what we've seen so far. Like that was just like fucking hell. That's amazing. Yeah, there's there's a lot of moments where you know, like obviously watching these movies. This is definitely in the category of entertainment more than anything else mm. and there's a lot of moments in it where you go like um, a bit like um, Arnold Vosloo in Hard Target <laughs> uh, but there's no for me the, 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 main, the, the bit that I probably enjoyed the most is yeah it's Rambo on the homestead and it's probably embodied by when he comes in from dressage and there is the most <laughs> astonishing looking fried meal placed in front of him like incredible eggs beans all of the incredible stuff it looks amazing he sat there and he sits like and he holds his uh they, they keep having a conversation and he holds his knife and fork like a massive caveman <laughs> and he sits like that you know <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't understand a word he was saying when he was at not the kitchen clear. table. <laughs> not clear, not clear. But this impeccable looking dinner. So yeah, I think that's probably my favourite bit of the film. I think really. There's, there's lots of other stuff I enjoy. I love that they uh, <laughs> spent fifty million dollars on this action thriller, right? <laughs> and me and Robert just like just when he's just chilling on the homestead and not yeah, getting yeah. into any mischief. <laughs> like we just want him to have a nice quiet retirement. I know, we just want it to be nice for him. We're nice, but there would be. I mean, I think if you would give me those character development moments, there would be so many other bits where I would say. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. That was rad, or whatever, you know. But you don't quite get that. But anyway, FYR for your reconsideration, I'll go last. What do you got for me? So sadly, it's a no from me, and that pains me because I love Sly, and this must be the first time in ages I've said a no on anything. I just found this to be a rather lazy geriatric exploitation revenge movie that even at eighty-nine minutes feels fairly stretched. Granted, the last 15 minutes is absolutely bananas and Brian Tyler's sco- uh, combative score is very good, but I couldn't recommend the film on the basis of that alone. Uh, it might be worth checking out if you're a Rambo completist, but I think even on those specific terms, you might be a little disappointed. And even the author, David Morrell, said Rambo could be called John Smith and this film wouldn't change. So I think even on that basis, I just didn't, I didn't dig it as a Rambo movie, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame. As I say, I love Sly, but this one didn't quite work for me. And he's still quite good in this, to be fair. But the, I, it was just missing those character beats. It just felt a bit thinly sketched for me. Still had its moments, though, mm. as all films do. Mm. Very interesting. Sly, what about you? Well, I think like the the main issue with it is that, which we have discussed, the, the elephant in the room with it is that it does seem to have a very low opinion of Mexico and Mexicans, which on a normal movie, you know, like if it was from the, if it was from the nineties or whatever, (laughs) 
would probably get away with it, but it does feel a bit unsavoury given the political climate surrounding it during the time of its production. I wish I had a bit more knowledge of Rambo to sort of put a frame of reference against it. Because, as I say, I was filling all the gaps thinking I was the problem because I thought it was the last <laughs> Just No, just that they were, were, were big gaps. But as a sort of no-hold-barred revenge action flick, it does tick a lot of the boxes for that specific genre. For that reason, I do think it's for a very specific audience. So if you're not really into the extremely sort of simplistic, taken-light showdowns that are hugely brutal it probably won't be something you'd get anything out of. But if you're like a fan of Home Alone and that wasn't sadistic enough for you, <laughs> fill your boots with this, you'll probably get a kick out of it. Yeah, I love how this film stopped short of throwing bricks at people. That's too far. It's too far. You could really hurt someone doing that. <laughs> As if- as if a pitchfork to the face wouldn't. You know? <laughs> uh, I think those are two extremely considered responses to this. Um, and I totally agree with you both. I'm a Rambo fan. I'm a Sly fan. And I always like watching him on screen, whatever it is he's doing, by and large. This does feel like, as much as it, it pains me to say, uh, if this is the end, it's more of a whimper in a character sense. Uh, not from the bombast that's on the screen, because it's all there. And at the end, that um, detonation of the field around his homestead is amazing. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. But there are lots of problems here in a film sense, in that I just can't invest in this as much as I'd really want to. And I realise that the only reason I am invested in it is because it's Rambo, who I've loved from all these other films. You put any other actor in this in this lead role, I just I wouldn't even have watched this, I don't think, possibly. And, and that's even knowing my proclivity towards action fests but like modern action fests i don't really go in for too much and um because there's so much good van damme from the past to watch (laughs) 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 so i don't bother but um so it's it's very interesting i think that the way you two come to this tonight is the perfect way for me to get my head around it one who's a fan of the franchise in you in yourself james fan of sly and and sai coming at it with fresh eyes it's really opened my eyes to the fact that if it weren't for Stallone, this really is not much to talk about here. Um, it's a very by-the-numbers movie um, that's got a very nasty streak. Uh, <laughs> but no, but you're right. I, I still think if you were a Rambo fan and it's Friday night and you want to kick back with a few um, beers and your gun safe is full of <laughs> NRA-approved materials... <laughs> Um, yeah, you would find an awful lot to enjoy <laughs> so yeah I, I don't really know what to say because it's my pick and no, have I ever, you know if it's my pick have I ever gone like I don't recommend because I recommend Sly and yeah. I recommend the actors um, in this movie um, I just don't think the movie <sighs> Rambo deserved a better send off Basically. He did, yeah, yeah. he did. So, yeah. Rob, do you think the first time you watched it that you were so bowled over by that ending that it potentially clouded the rest of the movie? Possibly, yeah. I think, but I, I do get this. I, I mean, again, one of the reasons I really wanted to bring this on was one, it's sly, and two, yeah. that swing of twenty eight percent. Yeah, yeah, it's worth investigating. Definitely, yeah. it's worth having a chat about it. But we've all come across the same exact problems that 
that most yeah. people have with the film. Um, and if it weren't for Sly, this story, this movie does not get talked about at all. If it's not Rambo, and David Morrell's absolutely right. You know, he's 100% right. Yeah. Um, it's only the location, the fact that this happens on, oh, it happens to be the Rambo family ranch. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. it must be a Rambo movie. Yeah. But no, I'm going to say, I definitely enjoyed it, and I will watch it again. I will, of course <laughs> I will. Uh, and um, I would say, if there are a lot of terrible movies out there, but this subpar movie has a 73-year-old man throwing pitchforks <laughs> in people's faces. So I would say on that basis, you should check it out. <laughs> Gosh, I managed to pull that one out of the bag. <laughs> uh, fellas, I've really enjoyed that chat tonight. It's, good. You know, it's an open chat, isn't it? You know, exactly, about all yeah. the problematic issues surrounding a film. So yeah, I've really, really enjoyed that. Mm. I don't think I would have watched it had it not been brought to the pod. Yeah. But yeah, if it was two hours, I might have been a bit pissed off, Rob. But it was only eighteen. <laughs> yeah, and uh, here's me wishing it was two hours so we could get those character beats in. But I, I'd agree. Um, I, I hope. But what I would say definitely is that the earlier installments of the franchise are definitely worth checking out. So. First Blood yeah. is amazing. Sight. It I really would, is. If yeah, I were you, really I'd definitely good. watch that. Totally different movie to this. Completely yeah. different from yeah. anything else in the franchise. Uh, the second one's James Cameron uh, written, isn't it? As well. So yeah, you know, is it? it wow. It, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, and that is an insane movie it's so Um, bizarre though because you know like you know Terminator and Robocop and you know Rambo's in that group of yeah you know Predator things like that Rambo's in that group of characters which was just essential to watching the well the 80s when they came out but then growing up in the 90s were films you'd go back to and grow up with Um, even though you strictly weren't allowed but you would anyway. <laughs> it's so weird how I've just never seen the Rambo films. So yeah, yeah, I do want to check them out. And to be honest, I want to check them out having watched this one as well. Just that's cool to see Stallone, more Stallone, basically because he's great. Yeah, I actually I like the fourth one as well. The Burma fourth one, one is good, insane, yeah. but it is really good. And I think in um, from a story perspective, it, it achieves more than this one does. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've loved it tonight, fellas. Um, Brilliant to chat with you as always. Thanks for listening, everybody. What have we got next? I don't, I don't actually know. It's it's me next, isn't it? Oh, um, lovely. I think I'm going to go. For, I'm torn between two, so maybe you Ooh. guys can help me with the with the selection here. So it's oh, either the Faculty, directed by Robert oh. Rodriguez, or the Frighteners, Michael J. Fox, d- directed by Peter Jackson. Which do we think? Sheesh, man. I, I love them both. I do love them both. I'm going to be massively selfish, though, and my vote goes to the faculty because I saw the Frighteners about a week ago. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, I, I've never seen the Frighteners, so I don't know. About oh, no, we should do the Frighteners. We should Let's do the, do the Frighteners because I think that's a forgotten a forgotten gem in um, in Peter Jackson's filmography because that was the the film before the Lord of the Rings. It was his first hot, was his first American one, wasn't it? Yeah, first decent budget American one, I think. Yeah, and then they let him do the Lord of the Rings afterwards. So yeah, let's do the Frighteners wow. as well. I think that's an interesting movie to look at. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, Rob, definitely, definitely do the Frighteners. Can't wait. Where can we get this uh, in preparation? You can just rent it from all the regular places. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Awesome. Will do. Uh, thank you very much, fellas. Thank you all for listening. Um, and thank you for interacting with us uh, on the socials. Always good to be involved. We're going to ask you a question very soon about the Frighteners in preparation for our next episode. Um, please give us the five stars on your subscriber of choice. 
Be good to each other. Stay safe. Yep. Enjoy life as best you can. And buy some merch. <laughs> <laughs> buy some merch. Um, it has to be said, the royalties are not great for us, but we'd like to see you in our club. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, peace and love. Take care. Say goodbye, boys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>